This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Normal is overrated. I choose different. I choose exceptional. What is normal? It's the standard, the usual, the typical. It's what's expected. Truthfully, it's hiding in plain sight. We live in a world where traveling down the normal road is the status quo. Shauna Kale found normal highly overrated. It's the one that leads to destruction and disease anxiety, cancer, depression, diabetes, infertility, miscarriages, stress, obesity. Just look around. What do you see? She decided she wanted more. More for herself, her family, and women around the world. You. Valeria Tellez interviews Shauna Kale, the author of Bye Bye Normal, Hello Exceptional, Living a Life of Less Stress and More Energy. Shauna Kale is an author, speaker, physical therapist, life coach, and holistic health practitioner. Marrying her college sweetheart in 1992 and having three beautiful children has been her childhood dream come true. But childhood trauma, riding the hormonal emotional roller coaster, and having three miscarriages in a 10 year period left Shauna in a stressed state that took the joy out of living her dream and the energy out of living life. She decided something needed to change. She needed to change. As she embarked on a spiritual, emotional, and physical journey, she changed her life, family's life, and thousands of other women. Shauna loves Jesus, her family, learning, and helping women live an exceptional life. Meet Shauna at shaunakale.com. Here is the interview with Shauna Kale. In your own words, who is Shauna Kale? Hmm, that's that's a good question, Valeria. I would say that um, I am a woman on a journey to live life to the fullest, um, what I like to call the exceptional life, to really live from the heart and to just enjoy the moments that I have when I have them. So living life to the fullest, or as you call it, living an exceptional life. Before I ask you that question, what is to live an exceptional life? What is to live a normal life? Or what is a normal life? And what are the greatest misconceptions about living a normal life? Well, for me, um, for so long, I think I wanted to live the normal life um, coming from a divorced family. I thought normal was um, mom and dad and, you know, brother and sisters and, and just living the normal American dream. 
And then as I became an adult, um, probably around the time of my first miscarriage, which was around 28 years of age, not that there wasn't issues before that because there was, but after I had my first miscarriage, my doctor said it was normal. And prior to that, um, just being on the hormonal emotional roller coaster, he said that was normal. You know, all these little life things I was just told are, are normal and like you just kind of deal with it. Um, after I had my third miscarriage in a 10 year period, I almost died. And as I was going through that process, um, actually laying in the hospital bed and the doctor once again said, you know, this isn't your fault. It's just normal. I thought if this is normal, this is highly overrated. Like I don't want normal. I want something better. <laughs> and through the process, um, just listening to patients and they were saying their good health, which was like dealing with diabetes or high blood pressure or pain or any of the things, I thought, I want something even better than good, right? And so the word exceptional, I really don't even know where it popped up from. I homeschooled my kids. I, I wonder if maybe that day or that week, it was a spelling word for my son or something. But that word just kind of popped in my head and was kind of like a beacon, like, I don't want normal. I want something more. I want exceptional. And even though I didn't know what that meant at the moment, I just knew that it was something that I wanted to search for. Spectations, are they connected to living this exceptional life? What do you expect from life at this moment? Right. Actually, I think it's more about letting some of those expe expectations go. Yeah. Um, mm, right. One of the things I really have found on my own personal journey is that um, I put a lot of expectations on myself and I put a lot of expectations on others. And then I was disappointed and that would be normal. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and and <laughs> learning how to maybe not put so many expectations on myself and everybody else or, or what I say conditions, looking at it from the conditional love and unconditional love aspect and just really loving the day, loving life, loving um, the people around me instead of, um, you know, all these things that need to be perfect uh, to have a perfect life in the perfect world. So exceptional to me is definitely not perfection. It's more about um, traveling down the road that's kind of different from others um, to get to where you really want to go. I think so often people have this idea of where they want to go, but they're not going down that road. <laughs> they're not doing the things. They're not feeling the things. They're not believing the things or in themselves to go down that road. And then they're disappointed because of expectations because they're not there. Do you connect living an exceptional life to healing? It's definitely been a big part of my healing journey. Um, I, I kind of look at it as each day I get to wake up and I get to choose whether or not I want to go down the normal route or if I want to go down the exceptional road, as I call it. Um, and I'll be honest, there's days that I just choose normal, right? It's easier. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Else. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> but then I realize maybe maybe sometime during the day or maybe even as I'm going to bed at night that um, it wasn't taking me where I wanted to go. And it's a reminder that I want to choose differently. And so um, I really just look at it as, 
you know, in each day, each moment type of choice um, on the direction I want to go. Talk to me about authenticity. What is to be authentic to you? Well, that's a hard one for me, I'll be honest. Um, in my book, I share my story. And um, for most people, they they never had seen or heard that part of my um, my life. Not because so much that I didn't want to be real or authentic. Um, I just didn't think it was important. And one of the things that I realized on my journey is um, when I didn't think that part of my life was important, I really didn't think I was important. And so walking through this journey of um, it's okay to be me, all sides, the the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, the, you know, wonderful, the all the different sides um, and let people see me for who I really am and being okay with whatever they think. Um, what was interesting is I was writing the book and going through it and all the fears coming up of, you know, what are people going to think um, really made me think because I didn't think <laughs> that I really paid that much attention to what others might think of me until you're putting yourself into a raw, vulnerable, authentic pos position, right? And then it's kind of like, oh, well, I haven't really given people the opportunity to think of me any differently than what I show. And that has been a challenge and a practice for me to finding this balance between being authentic and loving others or giving attention to them, being there for them. Have you found anything that uh, has been helping you with finding that balance? Um, probably just, again, being honest with myself on a day-to-day -day basis of where I'm at with um, how I'm feeling, what I'm doing, if this is the road I want to go down, if, if this is working, if this isn't working. Um, my goals, my dreams. Um, actually, today I was just talking to my youngest son. We did some traveling in 2019, and we haven't, we didn't do much in 2020. And here it is, already about to be March of 2021. And so there's dreams and you know things I have that I want to do. And sometimes we just let life, as we say, get in the way of what we want to do. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of just a every day, every moment, um, just looking where I'm at and what's working and what may not be working. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience, Shona? I think it's to find ourselves, to find what it is that we were created here on earth to do and um, to walk through it the best we can. <laughs> um, it's not always going to be easy. Um, I always have said, um, even before my own personal healing journey, I said I'd probably live to 100 or more because I'm kind of mm -hmm. slow on figuring things out. So mm -hmm. I think some people that are um, leave Earth earlier, and maybe they have it figured out sooner and have, you know, fulfilled their purpose and their calling, whereas some of us, it may just take a little while longer. How did you find spirituality? How did you find God, Jesus? Yeah. So I first met Jesus um, as a little girl. I accepted him into my heart when I was 10 years old. Um, it's been a wonderful journey walking with him. I would say, um, you know, when it comes to spirituality, I think there's everybody defines that a little bit differently. And yeah. as I walked through this process of 
um, my own health journey, my own healing journey, my own spiritual journey is realizing that my beliefs um, that I often thought were true may not have been the truth. And so I've really spent the last few years really thinking about what it is that I'm, how I'm living my life and how that may be differently than what God has called us to do and using scripture to back up my truth instead of it just being a a gut feeling or, you know, what I want to do type thing. What and where is God to you? Um, what? I I believe He is our Creator. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there is a specific where. I think He's everywhere. Um, I think He's, you know, within us. I think He's within those around us. Um, I think He's up above, you know. I, I believe He's just... I kind of think of him like the wind. You can't really see it. It's just there, but sometimes you can feel it more than other times. And I kind of feel like that's how God is, that sometimes, you know, you feel like he's right there beside you. And then there's other times that you're like, it feels silent and you're wondering yeah. how close or how far he might be. When you say God being he, you mentioned he, the pronoun he, could God be genderless, the spirit or could God be a she? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I don't really know how to answer that. I guess for me, I, I just picture him as a loving father. And so I do have, you know, that, that feeling of, um, I don't know, bigger than life, huge. I, I, for me, it, it's a man, but whether or not it could be a woman, there there was that book. I can't think of the name of the book, but um, when I read it and uh, then watched the movie and, and saw that it was a woman, I, I didn't have a problem with that. I, it's not that I couldn't see it. It's just not how I feel it, I guess. Right. That's interesting, yeah, how you come back to feelings a lot of times. Yeah, that's not the way I feel. So God, it's a presence that it's only felt. I think um, for some of us, like I'm a very visual person. So I think for me having that, like I said, visual of what I, you know, not that I have a specific of what he looks like. Like I said, it's more of a feeling of what it feels like. But um, yeah, I mean, it goes back to that feeling and that vision of how you perceive. But I think everybody's going to perceive him differently. What is freedom to you? What is to be free? I will say that after I published my book, that may be the first time in a long time that I felt some freedom. I didn't even know that I was missing freedom. <laughs> but um, I think so long we're in prison from fears. And when that fear is released um, and you take that step of faith, it's kind of like, oh, that's freedom. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, we you don't know it. You know, <laughs> you don't know that you're bound up or in prison or any of the other things when it's not a visual um, until you can just feel that release. Yeah, that's fascinating how we are actually in prison, but we don't know we are in prison. That is amazing. It has been my experience too. Yeah. Back to the normal life. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it takes courage, right, Shauna, to leave that box, that normal way of living. It, would you say courage or insights, inspiration? Mm, I would say 
it probably takes courage. I don't know that as we're going through it, we realize it's courage as much as what maybe other people perceive it as. And then you realized, oh, well, you know, it, I did do the hard thing, right? I did make the hard decision or I chose the other road. And, um, you know, that does take courage. So you wrote the book, Bye Bye Normal Hello, exceptional, living a life of less stress and more energy. So two initial questions. How did you become a writer and what was the inspiration and intention of writing your book? Right. So um, talking about beliefs earlier, I would say when I hear the word author, I'm still working on that belief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right. A writer, uh, I've always written, I've journaled my whole life. I have I still have the journal of when I met my husband and was writing in that. So I've always written, but it was always for my own personal. Um, and so in 2011, I uh, woke up one morning, I'd had a dream and I just, I could see these, I'm going to call it letters on the wall. Cause that's how it looked to me. And I just knew I needed to write them down. So I grabbed the closest thing sitting next to my bed, which was a piece of cardboard that had been in like inside of a paperback book to prevent it from bending in the packaging. Yeah. If you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just a little piece of cardboard, um, thin cardboard and there was a pen and picked it up and I just started writing down these letters and, um, they were E X S E P S H N L. And I didn't even know at the moment what it meant, or I just knew I needed to write it down. And so I just really started asking God, like, you know, what is this? What's EX? And it just came to me, it's exercise. And and what's the S? And it was like spiritual and E was emotional and P was physical and S was sleep and H was hydration and N was nutrition and L was life. And that L turned into life feeling spelled out to living, investing finances and energy. And I'm writing all this down and I'm just like, you know, what is this? And I look at it and I just read it the way it's written down and it's exceptional. And I was like, is this the formula? Is this it right here? I've been praying for um, a year at that time, um, since January of 2010, and this was January 2011, of just, I needed energy. I was uh, figured out that I was stressed out, like I was walking down this road, but I just didn't really know what directions to go. I had, you know, different people listening to different people. I was seeing a naturopath, and but I felt like there was something specific, and I had been praying about it, and I really felt like this was it. And I was excited. I'm going to tell you, Valeria, I was so excited until about 10 seconds later when I felt falling. <laughs> yeah. well, I felt the Lord just say, you're going to write a book about this. And I'm like, I don't write books. <laughs> wow. And so um, it was it was a 10 year journey. It, I, it took me 10 years to um, publish it because I started writing it as part of my own personal journey saying, okay, you know, when, when I'm done in the beginning, I thought the journey was, you know, there was a destination and I've learned since then that my destination will be when I leave this earth. Um, you know, my journey is, is not over until my life is over. But at the time I kept, I kept thinking that there was going to be an ending, like it would end, you know, 
And, um, and that's when I would write the book or publish the book. And so, um, so the writer part of me as I still write, like my husband the other day was even like, what are you doing? And I'm, 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 I'm always creating something, um, with words just because that's what I love to do, but I'm still working on the thought of being a writer or an author or, you know, that I've actually published a book. So, yeah, it goes back to that flowing with life. You're not really attached to how the journey unfolds specifically. That's like a free spirit. That's what some people call, which is a label too. But I feel from you this detachment from, from material things or the way life is really showing things to us. But in the, everything is spiritual. That's Probably the way you see it is the way I see it, for sure. There's nothing that's not spiritual. Although there are some ideas, some people say some bad things are not spiritual. But I think it's just a way to show us, life showing us, that return to love, the return to God. It's really cute the way you have the, the penny story. And um, <laughs> you sent me the book and it had a penny with the face. From the very beginning of the book, you say, find a penny, pick it up. All day you have good luck. Give it to a faithful friend, then your luck will never end. That's a lovely idea. And it really sounds to me like almost like a ritual or a practice. So talk to me about the penny story and the meaning of it. Right. Well, just, um, I mean, I remember growing up and it was always exciting to find money. Um, I was a collector of pennies. <laughs> yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> I, I always remember that um, I would say the little poem, find a penny, pick it up, and all day long you'll have good luck. But mm. we were also told if it, and I don't even know who it was I heard it from, you know, it's just, it's one of those, those beliefs that you have that you don't even know where it was formed. But I just always remember you didn't pick up a tail side penny and tail side would give you bad luck. And as I was writing the book, um, I couldn't find that anywhere. Like it's, it, it's not part of the poem. The part of the poem is the second part that you read there about giving it to a faithful friend and your love will never end. And I thought, oh my goodness, isn't that so much more beautiful? Like, why didn't we learn that as a child? Um, but I think it goes back to those beliefs that are formed that um, as I write in the book, I, I write my penny story as the head side, this, the stories that I shared with my kids, the stories I shared with others, you know, my friends, you know, going back to authenticity, those were true. Those were all true stories. They were um, a part of my life. But then there was the tail side and um, the tail side, some of the stories from my um, childhood that I didn't share, um, that I kept locked inside because not so much just to, to get it out, but because it was the bad side. That's how I thought of it. It was the tail side. And, and you're just supposed to leave that tail side penny on the ground. And, you know, it's just, as I say in the book, kind of kicked to the curb. And I realized that that little girl inside that felt like the tail side, she needed to be picked up. So, um, so yeah, a penny next to me pretty much all the time is my reminder that, um, both the head side and the tail side is precious, worthy. Um, I picture God. So, you know, we, we were talking about God. I, I picture this, this, this big, wonderful hand that can hold the world, right? Holding me, which is, you know, that penny, 
both sides. He he doesn't love me any more or less for for my tail side or my head side for the circumstances that I've gone through or even for the choices that I've made. And so, um, yeah, that's the funny story. Oh my God, I love the way you um you came to understand that, Shauna. That yeah, God is unconditional love. So it's everything. And I often ask the question, do you love yourself unconditionally? And most people, they believe that's another journey, that's a practice for life. But some people say that, yes, I do love myself unconditionally. (laughs) That's the most beautiful thing, answer I can ever hear. So are you at that stage of your life where you can say that confidently? Right. So it's interesting that you asked that question because I was just having a conversation with a friend yesterday about that one thing. Um, if you had asked me a couple of years ago, if I loved myself unconditionally, I would have said, well, of course. Mm, right. <laughs> and and right. then I went through a process um, as I was finishing up my book with uh, a friend. She lives in a different time zone. So when we text, it tends to be late at night. So my family was all in bed. And um, I had, I don't even remember the question that I had asked her at the time, but I was working through some things and I was just kind of, kind of that brainstorming kind of person. And, and she said, um, why don't you test yourself? So I don't know if you do muscle testing or sway testing, but test yourself for love and hate. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I mean, we think of love as good. We think of hate as bad. Like, where can I go with this? And um, so here I am in a dark living room all by myself. And I stand up and and I ask myself, say the words hate. And I fall back, which means I'm, I'm moving away from it, which is what I assumed, right? That's what my brain is thinking. But when I said love, I would have thought I would have fallen forward um, moving towards love, thinking of it that way. And I fell backwards. And I thought, okay, so I'm texting her. Well, I just did it. I didn't get the response that I thought, you know, and I'm asking her, I'm like, you know, why did you ask? And she's like, I don't know. I guess it was a God thing because I don't know why I asked you to ask that. If I had asked myself that question anytime earlier than where I was at right then and there, it probably would have freaked me out or it would have made me feel bad about myself. But instead I was at a place of Lord, show me what this means. And As I continued to ask questions, what I realized is I loved myself conditionally. I had done so many things and and even even good things like even the exceptional formula that, you know, I would choose to get up in the mornings and exercise. But what I realized is, is even my exercise or my time with God or working on my releasing emotions or, um, you know, feeding my body good food. I, I thought of that as loving myself, and it was, in a sense, until I put those conditions or those expectations on myself, that if I didn't, then I wasn't worthy of that love. And I realized how much, and as we go back to expectations, that I was doing that for not only myself, but others, because I believe now, this is my belief now, that if you're loving yourself conditionally, that you're going to do the same to others. Um, And so to really love my family, which as I share in the book, I never felt like I loved them enough. And I realized it was because I was always putting these conditions on myself 
that I didn't feel like I could love them enough. And because I was putting these conditions on myself, I was also putting the conditions on them and they could never meet that. So then I felt like they didn't love me because they weren't meeting my expectations. And so um, I laughed because writing the book actually had me walking through these processes over and over every year that I would start it again and say, hey, I'm going to write this book. And I would start on page, you know, one or whatever. I would walk through this this exceptional formula, I'd walk through this journey. So in a 10 year period, I can't even tell you how many times I walked through it. Every single time I learned something new about myself, I went through another part of the journey. And so um, unconditional love, I now believe is like, I think of it as that thread that moves through it all that if I am exercising, because I'm loving myself, that's one thing. If I'm exercising because I'm saying I am not worthy of love unless I exercise, then that's not the right way to do it. Right. And I agree. To me, it has been the foundation of the life you call exceptional to accepting myself fully. From there, I can expand and give the same to others, my husband, my family. Right. Do you think that forgiveness has, is also connected to unconditional self-love? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, um, again, that was a road that I had to travel and it was a road I traveled several years before I even traveled down the unconditional road. But, um, I, again, I, I believed that Jesus had forgiven me for my sins. I had forgiven others, even from the things that happened in my childhood. What I didn't realize is that I hadn't forgiven myself. Again, that little girl within the the uh, tail side of the penny. Um, I blamed myself and I, I felt that shame and, and I, I didn't forgive myself. And that was, um, a path I had to walk down and, um, I walked down it. Wasn't pretty, <laughs> you know, first, first for the realization and then for actually, um, moving through that and realizing that, um, you know, I, I was holding that. And again, talking about a prison, it, you don't even realize that you're in that prison, but the freedom yeah. um, that comes from it is amazing. What does it look like to live this exceptional life physically, emotionally, and spiritually? Can you tell me, give me an example of each one of them separately? Yeah, thank you, Shauna. So I look at it as... Um, I look at it from the heart. So the best way I can explain it is I believe that we have our spiritual heart, our emotional heart, and our physical heart. Yeah. And when all three are connected, that's when we're living an exceptional life. So what that might look like is um, how often do we say we believe one thing? And I'll just use exercise as an example because I've been a physical therapist yeah. for like <laughs> ever. <Yeah. laughs> so exercise is... Yeah. is you know, something I really believed in, mm-hmm. I, I knew that it was something that the body needs, yeah. um, but we don't always feel like doing it, right? right? Or, or we just don't do it, or yeah. we say we're not motivated, or that life's getting in the way. Yeah. And if that's the case, if, if I really truly have a belief that um, exercise is good for me and I'm not doing it, then I'm not living in sync or in balance, um, connected, I'm going to use Um, with that. And then there's the emotional heart and the emotional heart is what I found really is what connects our spiritual, our beliefs and our physical body. And so 
when we're not in touch with our emotions, I was very disconnected from my emotions. I didn't want to feel, I just wanted to stuff them away and pretend like they didn't exist. And so when you don't have that emotional connection between your spiritual heart and your physical heart, it's really hard to um, live what I call the exceptional life. You just follow what everybody else is doing. You're not doing it out of a, a sense from the heart. It's just, a, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I'm doing it. And um, it's really hard to find happiness and joy when you're in this disconnect. Right. Does that answer? That resonates all the way. So it's living from the outside, really. Yeah, You're just um, kind of basing your life the way you live, looking on the outside, the emotional. And spiritual, when you say living the exceptional life spiritually, would that be having this closer relationship with God as you have or could look differently for some people? Um, I, I think it... I get, to me, it goes back to beliefs. It's what your belief is. Um, for me, I found that I want my beliefs to be in congruency with God and um, with that life that he created for me. Um, whether that's everybody else's path, that's a choice that everybody else is going to have to make. But I think so often when people are seeking and they're looking for something, it's because that piece is missing. And so um, I would, I would just point people towards um, looking that direction to see if that brings connection to their heart that maybe was missing before. For me, I feel like that piece wasn't missing. It was, it was kind of my grounding. It was my holding place. Like I knew God was there. Mine was the difference between, um, my spiritual heart getting all the way to my physical heart <laughs> that, that I call them heart walls in the book. Um, I had a lot of heart walls, really deep heart walls, uh, still working on those. And I'll be honest, there's, there's still some there that I feel like maybe are there because it feels safer, you know, to protect your heart from, from the world. So I'm really right now on my own journey of working from the heart. I'm, I'm just finished becoming a, certified practitioner and heart math and um, because it is a road that I am still working on and traveling. I for so long just wanted to not feel from the heart. Oh, I love the way you say that. So basically once we are open and spiritually connected, then everything else will be in balance or we'll know the way back to health and emotional wellness. It's easier that way, right, Shauna, when we have the spiritual, in a way, covered. Yeah, I think that so often we're seeking for answers outside of ourselves when God's already there. Like, you know, we're talking earlier, God is everywhere. But we're looking for answers in places that the answer's inside of us. And when we can connect that spiritual, emotional, and physical heart, like, it's just like, oh, light bulb came on, kind of like my you know, with the forgiveness and with um, conditional love, like when I walked that path, when I took that road and I was willing to listen, the answer was within me. I don't know if I would have ever heard it from anybody else. If I could have heard it, but not taken it in and believed it, because I'm sure, like I said, if you'd asked me a couple of years before that, you know, do you unconditionally love yourself? I would have been like, well, yeah, of course, you know, um, but it was when I really got into what does that look like? And if I did love myself unconditionally, then I would have different results than I was having. Um, 
and and then it goes back to the beliefs, which I believe is that spiritual part of us when when we're in congruency with what our beliefs are um, and where God is. So we are almost at the end. I love the ending poem that you have in your book. I am a winner. That's a lovely poem. So before I ask you my final questions, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, my hope is just for people to see that so often um, the stressors and storms that are around us or maybe had been in our past that we have taken in and are feeling that is stress and that we will learn to, to move through that connecting our spiritual, emotional, and physical heart and seeing things from, again, an unconditional love side instead of all the circumstantial expectations, conditions that we um, think need to be there to live what we think is the perfect life, which is just really going back to the normal life instead of the exceptional life. Yes, a thousand percent. Thank you for your beautiful and important message. Uh, how do you define success? What is to be successful today? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I really, I want to say that I, I don't believe that failure is, is not being successful. I think each step that we take, whether it's three steps forward or two steps backwards is part of our journey. Um, so to me, success is knowing that what you have been called to do you're doing it, whether it takes you a hundred times to, to, to figure it out, um, is just part of the journey, but that you're, you're taking those steps. And, um, you know, sometimes that looks like, Hey, why am I just standing here? You know, not knowing which direction to go. And does that mean there's, there's another layer that I need to work on? And for me, that's kind of how I found it is, is I would sometimes feel stuck and like, I'm, I'm not successful or I'm not this, or I'm not that. And realizing, that this is just another place that for me to move forward instead of backwards or circling around is I've got to take off another layer um, or find another piece within that um, is going to lead me in the direction that's going to feel successful, not just be successful. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? No. It's a beautiful answer. Thank you. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Mm -hmm. uh, one that as hard as change is, it's constantly happening anyway. We have no control over it. <laughs> um, two, that as bad as things look, out in the world and, and especially what we're even going through right now and with, you know, everything going on in the world um, that we can have peace. The peace is within and the peace is not external. Um, for me, I know 2020 was actually a pretty darn good year and I know it wasn't for everybody, but when I compare it to my 2010, when the world looked pretty good, but I was living my own internal storms. Um, I would much rather be where I need to be internally. And, and that's the only thing I really have control over. So I guess number two would be just, you have control over yourself. You don't have control over the world. So work on you. And um, three is just 
love, love Jesus, love others and love yourself. Like mm. just love. Yes, a billion times <laughs> to that. Love, choose love. Yes. Thank you so much, Shauna, for your wisdom, sharing your wisdom, your compassionate work, sharing your story and putting this work out there so you can help others, your presence. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? So my website, shaunakale.com is a great place to start. Um, you can click on the book tab and it'll take you right to um, information on the book and um, all the other services and things I have available. Thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now, Shana. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Shauna Kale and her work, please visit shaunakale.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.